everyone. Welcome back to the Love and Relationships Podcast. I'm your host, Deborah Faleda, and it is so great to get to chat with you about all things love, sex, dating, marriage, and singleness. For those of you who don't know me, I'm a licensed professional counselor and author specializing in relationship issues. I've written hundreds of relationship articles across the internet, and my relationship advice blog, truelovedates.com, reaches millions of people with the message of healthy relationships. And that's really what I'm passionate about. Today we're talking about learning to recognize the majors in relationships versus the minors in the relationships. What really matters and what doesn't? What are your needs versus your preferences? Sometimes it's hard to distinguish, and I think we all have a tendency to go for what's convenient in a relationship. But how does that end up impacting us in the long term? We're going to chat today with a caller about just that. Let me introduce you to today's caller. Today we have Chelsea from Houston, Texas, joining us on the show. Hi, Chelsea. Hi, Deborah. It's good to have you. Uh, I, I'd love to go ahead and dig into your question for me. What do you have for me today? Yeah, so my question is, why do I find myself liking guys based on proximity? For example, whenever I've moved recently in the last few years, and in most of the places I lived, I find myself going out with the guys next door, even though they're not really my type and... Uh, I end up like hanging out with them a lot. So literally next door, like your well, neighbor. Well, yeah, like across the hallway one time like in Denver and then another guy who's like another building over. But like we started talking, went for runs and then we end up hanging out a lot, but we're not very similar. And I think it's a lot to do with proximity and moving to a new place. And so I'm trying to figure out why I do this repeatedly and also if I if it were to last how I can make good boundaries even though we're neighbors and live so close to each other yeah first of all what are the odds that there's always someone to date next door (laughs) yeah I don't know like my neighbors were always like 80 year old uh, senior citizens and you have like dateable guys next door I find that really funny that's right yeah maybe it's because I live in apartments and like Denver and Houston and it's young professionals, mostly people are working my age, like 20s and 30s. Yeah. But then it really ruins, like, if I go to the apartment gym, like, this week, I avoided the apartment gym because he was there. Right. And then, like, when the previous guy, when he moved, it was, like, a really big relief. So it kind of alters, like, my living situation if I, like, see them at the gym. Oh, yeah. It could get awkward fast. (laughs) Yeah, so that's another issue. Yeah. And yeah. Especially after you break up because then it's like, oh great, you know. You, you, yeah. you, it really I could really see it affecting how you live and but but you know, even more even beyond the inconvenience of those type of things. I think you mentioned something that kind of points us to the bigger picture here. Uh it sounds like you've lived in a lot of new towns. You know, is that is that pretty true? You've you've bounced around and and have been new to different parts of the world and or different parts of the country. Yeah. 
And and is that you're you're moving around for your education? Yeah, for work. And then I moved a couple of times where I used to work and now I'm moving back for grad school, summer job, back to grad school. Yeah. So it's a lot of moving. A lot of moving and uprooting and having to find new community. And, yeah. you know, like you said, you, you use the word feeling lonely. And I think it's a huge part of it is trying to connect with somebody and tending to connect with what's most convenient, right? Yeah. And I find that really interesting, but not that abnormal. So many of us do what's most convenient rather than what's best for our lives. And, you know, sometimes I say that oftentimes what's okay ends up taking the place of what's best for our lives. And so um, really, really the bottom line here is what's best for your life. And, you know, it's interesting when it comes to uh, our health, for example, we mm-hmm. we think, okay, like January 1st, everybody wants to get healthy and they start eating right and making good choices, eating salads and more vegetables and fruits and going to the gym and working out. And, you know, those food choices uh, we have to be really deliberate about making if we actually want to see change in our bodies. But for some reason with relationships... We don't always view it the same way. It's like we want to have healthy relationships, but we tend to go for the most convenient thing. We tend to go for those microwavable meals rather than chopping up the salad, choosing the vegetables, going to the store. And and with relationships, it's kind of like that. It's like, what's what's the best, cutest guy around that is most convenient that's like, you know, right across the hallway or or right down the road or the guy at work even when it's not the healthiest choice. And it sounds like that's kind of the struggle that you're in right now. But isn't it funny how we view our physical health so differently than we view our relational health? Yeah, that's very true. I never thought of, yeah, like making a commitment for that New Year's resolution type. Yeah, I feel like we have to be as deliberate about our relationship choices and what we're doing in relationships We have to be as deliberate about that if we actually want to see change because doing those same type of things and making those convenient choices are not going to get us anywhere when it comes to relational health. And I also think it's important for us to identify uh, what I call needs versus preferences or majors versus minors in a relationship because there are some things that we can kind of be... um, okay with like, oh, you know, this isn't my ideal. For example, someone who's always late or maybe someone who's messy. Um, Maybe those are not your ideal, but things you could live with. So those would be your preferences. But then there's needs, like things you must have in a relationship in order for you to be okay with it. And I wonder if you've ever thought through that for yourself and what that looks like for you. And if you have, what are some things that you would say are on your like must have, these are my needs list? Mm -hmm. Right now, I think the needs are like same religion. I'm Christian. Yeah. Trying to do that, but like I haven't really dated many Christians or gone out with Christians. So I think that's something I need to make into the majors versus just being a nice guy. Absolutely. Someone who can take care of themselves and like can wake up, like doesn't have to be like babied as much, or like they're confident and independent, but also 
are looking for a relationship too. Yeah, like someone who's responsible, someone who, yeah. someone who's a grown up basically, and not not relying on you for everything. And those yeah. are two really important things. And and I think you know, as a Christian myself, I I I see there is unspeakable value to dating someone who is a strong a strong relationship with Jesus, someone who has a strong walk with God. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I'll be completely honest with you. I think one of the ways that that becomes important to us and that becomes one of our needs is when we're cultivating that in our own life. The more yeah. the more of a role that God takes in our life, the more of a role our, our spiritual life, as it grows and matures and, and the deeper our love for Jesus gets, the more that becomes something that we could never say no to. Because if you think about it, relationships um, are so intimate. And not only do you become intimate with someone physically and emotionally when you get married, you become intimate with someone spiritually. And that's a part of you that you can't just force. And, in, in you know, when I look at my relationship with my husband, when we get in an argument or when we are, you know, disagreeing on something or one of us is just being selfish or rude or whatever, I'm not trusting my husband to make a good choice and love me like he should because he's a human being and he's going to make mistakes. What I am trusting is the Holy Spirit at work in his life that's going to convict him and change him and that's going to convict me and change me uh, because you need something bigger than yourself. And, and, and in my opinion, we need that Holy Spirit working inside of our lives and, and the, the guarantee that he is moving us towards God and moving us to become more like Jesus and moving us to be more loving and in my opinion, you can't take that out of a relationship and fully trust that things are going to work out and fully trust that you're going to be on the same page and fully trust that you're moving in the direction of healing. And so I don't, I think even more than just saying, oh, you know, are they a Christian? Stamp yes or no. Some Christians aren't healthy and some Christians aren't living their life fully dedicated to God. Some Christians aren't open and in tune to what God's spirit is telling them. And so this isn't just about finding someone who checks the box Christian. Yeah, I think it's right. even deeper than that. And and the the healthier you get in that area of your life, the faster you're going to notice people who are on the same page as you and the faster you're going to recognize people who aren't on the same page as you. And and I just wonder if maybe that's a good starting point for you is just like how can you dig deeper in that area of your life? Yeah. And when you move, it's hard to like find a Christian community right away. Yeah. But that's also a sign that I think I need to be more like read the Bible, pray often and stick with the, like keep in touch with the Christian friends I do have, even though totally. I don't find right away. Totally. And I think you're right. Um, it, when you move, here's the thing. Everything we're talking about today takes effort. And, you know, like we're almost like saying no to the fast food culture, like going back to that health analogy and doing things that require work and require you being deliberate. But those, the people who are most deliberate in their lives and relationships are the people who end up with the healthiest lives and relationships. 
Um, you know, if, if people aren't texting you to get together, you've got to be the one to take those steps. If people aren't planning activities, you, you know, there's no Bible studies around you or small groups. You've got to be the one to say, okay, I want, I, I need this in my life. So I'm going to start it. What does it look like to be deliberate in developing relationships? And, you know, as, as awkward as it can be, popping into a new church group or a new small group or a new church community. And it's hard when, when you're single and when you're going by yourself. But I think the rewards of that are so, so valuable. And the more deliberate you are about developing community, the easier it's going to be because you're trying to fill that void of loneliness with relationships. And, and here's the thing about it. God made you for relationships. You have that longing. You have that desire because you are made in God's image. And it's important to be connected with people and to be in relationships. It's just, are you filling that hole with healthy relationships that are going to take you to the next place? Or are you filling that hole with unhealthy ones that are keeping you back or even taking you a couple steps backwards. You know, I think that's a really important thing to assess when the tendency is to make that quick choice to just fill that empty feeling. Yeah. The other question I have for you too is sometimes as human beings, you know, as a counselor, I tell people it's important for us to also learn to sit with uncomfortable emotions sometimes like loneliness. It's not fun, but When, you know, when you can't handle being lonely and you try to just make it go away, those are the times that you end up making poor choices. When you can't handle feeling sad and you just try to numb it or make it go away or you can't handle feeling embarrassed or afraid. God has given us a spectrum of emotions and some of them feel great and some of them don't, but none of them are bad or wrong And I think it's okay for us to be able to acknowledge our feelings and come up with a plan, but not necessarily have to make them go away right away. Do you know what I mean by that? Yeah, that makes sense. So I think that's an important thing. Do you feel like you, you know, what what are your, how do you feel like you kind of manage your emotions on a regular basis? Um, I think I try to like go to the gym and work out when I get, and just as a chance to like go running or think about things. But with grad school and working, it's been really stressful. So I think just hanging out with friends I have is how I manage the stress. Yeah. And And talk with people in the same situation. I think that's really good. So where you live now, do you feel like you've sort of started developing a group of people that you can go to? Yeah, I have a few friends. Yeah. That's a good place to start. Yeah, but they're not Christian. Well... Yeah, they're not Christian, but I have like a couple of friends who are Christian that I still keep hang out with. Yeah. Or talk to on the phone. Yeah. I think that's a really good place to start. So while you're developing community in the place you're at, continuing to rely on those other external people, maybe the people that are not living close to you, but that can encourage you and speak into your life and pour into you. I would also pray about this too, because I mean, God cares, God cares, and he wants to help you find community and strengthen you. And, and there are people in that town right now, I believe in Houston, Texas, there are people that are on the same page as you that love Jesus like you do, and that are are striving to live life in the way that you want to live it. And when you surround yourself with those kind of people, it really, it's going to take you to a whole new level. So I think that's a really good place to start for you. 
Um, but here's the thing. We still haven't talked about boundaries with the guy next door, right? So what could yeah. that look like? And how do you set those boundaries? Now that we kind of know the root of the issue, while you're, you're, you're working on community and getting your heart in a better place, you still have to have external boundaries while you're working on the internal stuff. So what could that look like for you? I would like you to kind of share with me maybe before I give you some thoughts, what could boundaries look like for you at the place that you're living right now? Yeah, so we had talked about with this current guy about like going out and doing things out like at the mall or going to a movie or doing something outside of the apartment complex. Yeah. And rather than a- rather than staying in. Yeah, or like we would go for runs, and so that was good. But like go out somewhere, I think would be better. But we have, I think, with the because I make it my schedule so busy, so then I don't have time for that. But eh, I don't know. That's why I'm curious. Yeah, if you have any suggestions or like, yeah, maybe like going out places is better and like setting the boundaries so you don't hang out in apartments by yourself. For sure. Because that's when things get messy and sticky and that's when you start crossing boundaries and finding yourself in an unhealthy relationship. um, When your body takes over and things happen that you weren't intending on. Uh, So I, I, yeah, for sure. uh, Get yourself out of that apartment and make sure that you're in public hanging out with, um, with people around. I also think it's really important to do group things too, and not just be one-on-one with someone, especially if it's someone that you don't want to develop a deep and intimate relationship with, because that's naturally going to happen when you're one-on-one with someone. Uh, So making sure that you're surrounding yourself with other people. I also think it's okay to say no to things and just learning to say no, because every time you say yes to someone or something, you're saying no to something else. And that that no could be time for you just to be on your own, to have reflection, to have self-care time, to have time with God. Um, Again, like filling those voids of loneliness with unhealthy relationships isn't better than sitting alone and, and doing something for yourself. I think sometimes this world tells us, oh, it's better to have something to do on a Friday night, but it's not necessarily better. In fact, one of my favorite things about my husband and his story, when he was in college, He spent a majority of his Friday nights in because all the guys were out partying and doing things that he didn't want to be involved in. So for him, you know, as as tempting as it might be to have something to do on a Friday night, what he ended up doing is staying in and just listening to sermons and talks and um, just doing a a little extra studying of, of God's word and stuff that he didn't have the time to do normally with his schedule. And it's funny because looking back, a lot of people in that stage of his life were like, dude, you're not going to find anyone to marry or date if you're always like being a hermit. But he wasn't a hermit. And, and, and that that's just the extreme that people tend to throw our way. And that's the extreme that culture makes us think if we don't have something to do at all times, we're missing out. But that time was such a valuable time of growth for him and his spiritual relationship with God. And I really believe that that time prepared him for a couple years down the line. When him and I met, he was at the best place he had ever been spiritually. And I really believe it's because of those hours that he could have been out partying or he could have been out mingling, but he chose to do what his soul needed. And so for you, I wonder if that means sometimes just simply learning to say no and have those boundaries and not feeling bad about saying, oh, I'm not going to be able to. 
and 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 just being able to prioritize your personal health and well-being. Yeah. Especially yeah. until healthy friends come along. <laughs> yeah. Really good comments and a lot to think about. Yeah, I hope so. And, you know, good luck with this. I know this is not easy. It's it's easy to talk about. But then when we get off the podcast, it's now then, okay, how do I apply this? And how do I actually take these steps? How do I choose that healthy item, that healthy person, that healthy thing, rather than go for what's quick and easy and convenient? Um, because yeah. those choices that you're making now are going to impact your future and the health of your future relationship, the health of your future marriage. So, so the investment you make today does not go in vain, even though sometimes it feels like it's not getting anywhere. It's not getting you anywhere, but, but you're building into something, even something you can't see right now. Yeah. Well, it was so good to talk to you and I really hope that encouraged you and gave you uh, a place to start. Yeah. There's a lot of things to start on today but I think it will take like weeks or months to implement like I think it's a lot to do or to think about but I really appreciate your thoughts yeah absolutely Chelsea it was my pleasure and keep in touch all right bye take care so today we talked to Chelsea about the guy next door And for Chelsea, her main question was, what is it about these guys in close proximity that's so appealing to her? Why does she keep going back to that guy next door? And I think this is less about proximity and more about convenience. What's easy in relationships, what's convenient in relationships isn't always what's good. And maybe you find yourself kind of like Chelsea, and maybe the guy next door is that guy that you met at work. Or that girl that you're dating and you know it's not a healthy relationship, but it's just easy. It's easy. It's there. It's there when you need it. And I think it's really important for us as we're having this conversation to ask ourselves, just like I talked to Chelsea about today, what choices are you making and how are they impacting the health of your relationships? When it comes to our health We're all about doing what's healthy and making good, healthy choices in the foods that we pick for us. But what about the things that are nurturing our relationships? What about the people that we're engaging in? How healthy are they? And what type of interactions are we allowing ourselves to have in the pursuit of healthy relationships? Because relationships take work. And the healthiest relationships are not easy, but the work involved and the deliberate choices involved in making healthy relationships are totally worth the work, especially in looking ahead at your future and the goals and dreams you have for marriage and for a solid relationship someday. So sometimes it's about saying no to what's easy and convenient and waiting for something that's a little less convenient something that requires you to be a little bit more deliberate, but something that is good and something that has the fruit and the evidence of a healthy relationship. One thing that you can do that I talk about in my book, True Love Dates, is make a red, green, yellow list. And today with Chelsea, we talked about the difference between our preferences and our needs or our majors and our minors. And it's really important to understand what that looks like for you before you get into a relationship. Because if you're only thinking about these things after a relationship, there's a good chance you're going to adapt that relationship 
to whatever it is you're looking for. Oh, this guy is sort of like this. I guess I am looking for someone who's sort of like this. Or or maybe he has this quality or she has that quality that I'm not really digging. But you know what? It's no big deal. Um, she has other things that kind of make up for that. And you're going to start making excuses if you're not careful. So it's important to have that list before you get into a relationship. And if you're already in a relationship, go ahead and make this list anyway and really think and pray through what are the red flags? What are the red lights that you see in a relationship? What are the reds, the things that you do not want to settle for in a relationship? The absolute no's, the stop signs. And I think for this category, uh, in my opinion, if you're a believer and, and you're in, in line in your relationship with Christ, a red is someone who is not, someone who is not on the same page as you spiritually, someone who is not walking the same spiritual journey as you. I think that's a red. There's other things on the red, of course, addictive behaviors, dishonesty, deceit. Um, there's so many different things that could be considered a red, but it's important for you to know what is a red for you because a red for you could look different than a red for somebody else. Then what is it on your yellow list? The things that are your preferences, the things that you would prefer, but they're not necessary in a relationship. Like I mentioned to Chelsea, well, maybe he's late all the time or maybe she's kind of messy. Um, these are the qualities that are important to you, but they're not deal breakers. So it's really important to know what those are for you. And especially when it comes to dating, because sometimes letting go of certain preferences, like maybe how somebody looks or the proximity, if we're ha halfway across the country and, and that's not a deal breaker for you, it opens your heart to relationships that you may have never had the opportunity to have before. So what are your preferences? And, and those will go in your yellow category. And then greens are the things that you absolutely need and want in a relationship. The must-have list. It's important to know yourself in order to be able to write out this list and figure out what, what really works for you. What's a good match for you? But then to also identify when someone's not a good match. And today we talked about the importance of, of pursuing someone who has the same faith as you because marrying a believer it's definitely not optional. I mean, the Bible talks clearly about the importance of being equally yoked. And that means to be together with someone who has the same faith as you. But as we mentioned today, it's not just about stamping that word Christian on someone. It's so much deeper. Is this person evidencing the fruit of the Spirit in their lives? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. When you take that list outside of Scripture and you just look at it, those are some really healthy psychological qualities that you should be looking for in someone. And that's what I love about God's Word. It goes hand in hand with modern psychology and counseling. And the qualities of a healthy relationship need to be evidenced in someone's life someone that's submitting to God and moving forward towards God and the direction that God has called them to, someone who's got plans and purposes that go way beyond this world, someone that can walk alongside of you on the journey, and, and someone that you don't have to drag along the way because they're doing the work of relationships. I think all this is really important. It's important for you to understand your preferences. It's important for you to understand your needs. It's important for you to ask yourself, am I just settling for what's easy or what's good? 
Are these okay relationships taking the place of God's best for my life? And what does it look like for me to start choosing better things, start choosing better relationships? It was so great to chat with you guys today. I love having these conversations with you on the Love and Relationships podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you're looking to go deeper with the content in this podcast, I invite you to check out either of my books, True Love Dates or Choosing Marriage. Specifically today, with talking about what really matters in a relationship, I think it's important to understand the qualities that make for a healthy marriage because sometimes what you think is in a healthy marriage and what actually exists in a healthy marriage are very different things. And I want you to get a candid glimpse into what marriage looks like. So I'd really love if you delved into these topics in my newest book, Choosing Marriage. You can also find in-depth courses, tons of free articles over at my blog, truelovedates.com. I love, 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 love connecting with you. So please find me on Facebook or Instagram at truelovedates and give me a shout out. If you guys are enjoying this podcast and want to see it go strong, subscribe and leave us your five-star rating and review because it makes all the difference for us in getting the word out. I'm Deborah Faleta, and I have to say... It was so much fun being together today, and I can't wait to chat with you again next week. We've got an awesome topic coming up. Take care, and I'll talk to you soon.